Welcome to an inspirational teaching by Pastor Victor DeMonte, the Senior Pastor of Adonai Church, Bangalore. We hope you enjoy this teaching. Today is the last teaching on how our emotions determine our destiny. So the title of my message this morning is simply called That Cup. What's it called? That Cup. When the Bible talks about the cup, it's always used as a metaphor which represents God's wrath or God's blessing. And we see examples of that, and I've just taken two or three. You can do your own research. In Psalm 119, verse 12, the psalmist says, What shall I render to the Lord? In other words, what shall I give to the Lord for all the benefits that are towards me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. And for the psalmist, the cup was a cup of salvation. It was a cup of hope. It was a cup of God's blessing. And he says, how can I give back to God all the benefits that God has poured into my life? I will take up that cup and I will call on his name. He says in Psalm 23 verse 5, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. That's the life that God wants for every one of us. Our cup is our life running over with God's goodness. That's what Jesus promised in John chapter 10 verse 10. I have come to give you life and life running over. Life in abundance. And the psalmist says, God has anointed me. Can you say this after me? God has anointed me. So my cup will run over. You see, God is not looking for only a person to fill you. He's thinking of a person who will be running over with his blessing. And that's the life that God has called us to live. In Revelation 14.10, it says the cup is referred to the cup of his anger. But today we'll look at what did that cup mean for Jesus and what does it mean for us today. I'm going to read a passage that I read last Sunday just to capture the incident of what happened in Mark chapter 14 verse 32. Then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Then he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. And Jesus says to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. Then he goes a little further, falls on the ground. And he prays that if it were possible, the hour may pass for him. Verse 36, Jesus said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, through all the agony, all the pain that he was looking at, still embraced the cup. And actually, that cup was not meant for him. That cup was our cup. It was a cup that represented our sin, our rebellion against God, our deliberate walking away from God and all its consequences. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is that and that cup was a cup of death. It was a cup of condemnation. It was a cup that spoke about our sufferings 
that he was going to embrace. And as Jesus went through those moments of what it meant to embrace that cup, he thought of the salvation of every single individual in this world. Because what he did at that moment depended whether this world will be eternally lost or could be eternally saved. His one decision, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Can you imagine the pressure of humanity resting on that one moment? No wonder he said, let that hour pass. Because he carried the weight of what he would do would affect the destiny and the destination of every single human being based on their choice. Embracing the cup meant that Jesus, who was absolutely sinless from birth, he was the only one that had no sin, and that's why he was conceived of the Holy Spirit, would now become the Lamb of God on our behalf. Now, when the Bible talks about a lamb, it speaks of sacrifice. Life for life. And God said that the wages of sin is death, but in his mercy and his goodness and his love for mankind, God said, I require life, but because I want to spare your life, I will require the life of a young Innocent lamb without blemish. And all of those qualities of a lamb, young, which speaks of innocent, without blemish, speaks of spotless life with no sin, no deformity, spoke about Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And they would practice the sacrifice of that lamb for the life of that lamb in, in, uh, represented their life. And now it meant no longer it would be an animal, it will be his life for our life. Because blood was the only life that, had, that was required for our redemption and our salvation. The wages of sin had to be paid, and Jesus paid it on the cross. Sinless life would now become a life that's full of sin or a sin offering. On the other hand, it also meant that every individual will have the opportunity to come back into God's presence. Every individual will have the opportunity to receive God's unconditional forgiveness. Every individual will have the opportunity to be healed and to be restored. Every individual will have the opportunity to see Satan's power broken on their lives. So the cup, what's the message? What's the message? What's the message? The cup, more than a physical emblem, signified the wrath of God, the punishment for our sin, and on the other hand, the blessing that it was about to unfold in the life of every human being. Are we willing to believe that the cup that Jesus took was our cup, so that from that cup will flow from his life his forgiveness, his love, his goodness, and his kindness. On one hand, it meant pain, agony, and humiliation. But on the other hand, the cup meant full of hope, full of reconciliation between man and God. 
The Bible talks about the two greatest men that ever lived on this earth. The first one was called Adam and the second one was called Jesus. Both were born sinless. Both had a body. Both had a will. But what they did changed the history of the generations to come. The first one called Adam, born in a garden, put or rather put in the garden of Eden, used his will to oppose God, rebel against God and go his own way. And as a result of that, one choice, mankind was separated from God. Every one of us were born in sin. Every human being is a sinner, not because we committed sin, because we are sinners, we commit sin. It passed on from Adam's nature, inherent tendency to walk our own ways and walk in disobedience with God. The other person called Jesus, another greatest man that ever lived on the earth. He chose his spot, and that spot was another garden. It wasn't the Garden of Eden, it was called the Garden of Gethsemane. Two gardens, two wills. We have a choice whether to live our life from the Garden of Eden or we could live our life from the Garden of Gethsemane. What choice will you make this morning? What choice will determine the rest of your life and the rest of your decision? The Garden of Gethsemane, God used His will to submit to the Father, to submit to God and say, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And I realize that's the most difficult prayer for most Christians to pray because we're always seeking God for our will. And I like the way people pray, especially when it comes to their marriage. They say, God, let your will be done with my partner. But Lord, could it be Mary or could it be Jane? I'm not talking about anyone here now. You know, we can't give up our will. We always have something to push. Lord, let your will be done. But God, could it be that job? Could it be that place? And we are very disappointed when God doesn't fulfill our will. Because we were born in the Garden of Eden, but we are transformed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Every man is born in the Garden of Eden, but we will be only transformed in the Garden of Gethsemane. When we know what it means to say yes to God and no to our will. You know, we can come up with a very technical and very theological definition of what our cross is. But our cross that Jesus spoke about, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Derek Prince made an outstanding statement. To the extent you deny yourself is to that extent you're picking up your cross. And you could say, ouch for that one. We do very little denying of ourselves. But we do a lot of embracing other things of what we desire rather than picking up the cross. So here is the cross. This is what Jesus meant. Look at my hand. If this is your will, your cross is when God crosses your will. That becomes your cross. Every time you allow God to cross your will, you're picking up your cross, denying yourself and saying yes to God. What happened in the Garden of Eden? Sorry, what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane? God, Jesus' will was yielded to the Father's will. And he says, not my will, but your will be done. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, the Bible says, as in Adam, all of us in Adam, all die spiritually, but so in Christ, all shall be made alive. Two men born, two decisions, 
affects every mankind in this world. And I wish we had more time to look at this. But you look at the pattern of how Adam operated and lived in the Garden of Eden. It's still alive in each one of us. Till Christ comes in and transforms our life. And so we must break that pattern of being dead in Adam and being alive in Christ. Today when we look at the cup, with Jesus embraced, it not only represents every possible suffering that human beings have, have ever gone through, but it also represents a cup of salvation, a cup of healing, a cup that brought hope to every sinner. What Adam did to separate man from God, Jesus did to unite man back to God. But the one thing that will never, ever change is that cup will always be a cup that carried your burden and my burden and the burden of this world. That's what the cup means. And as we break bread this morning, for some of you, that cup will represent your burden that Jesus carried. Your suffering, your sickness, your disease, your torment, it represents Jesus took it on the cross. But there's also another meaning of what the cup is for all of us. It was a burden that Jesus carried for every sinner to be reconciled, every sexual abuse victim to be healed, every person who's tormented to be delivered. He wants us to carry that burden for a lost world. That's why I said... And last Sunday, Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world, is not a command. It was God's burden to see a world reconciled. And the only means that God can use to see a world reconciled back to Him is through you and through me of what we do in our life. How we choose to respond to the cup, important decision for us to make. Did you know that the Bible said that the cup that we now partake of is a cup of blessing? It says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It's a cup of blessing. Many times we look at the cup as a cup of condemnation. And when we partake of breaking of bread, we can feel so miserable and horrible over what we've done. And it's right to feel like that but when you look at the cup and look at what Jesus did, he died to take away that horrible feeling. He died so that he could provide forgiveness in the place of condemnation. He died to bring healing in a place which needed restoration. And so this morning as we sing that song, I want you to have hope in your heart, but I want you to look at it and say, God, that cup was for me. And allow God to minister to you his love, His forgiveness, and His kindness. That's what happened at Calvary. Mercy was multiplied to you. Mercy was multiplied to you. God never wanted you to carry burdens. And some of you are carrying burdens that God never wanted you to carry. And you've been so stressed out You've been so frustrated. You've been so disappointed because that burden has become so much part of you. You don't even have the faith and the courage to let God handle it. I want you to talk to God right now. God is speaking to you. And I want you to believe with all of your heart that God's mercy is being multiplied to you this morning. 
I want you to believe that his love was sufficient enough to lift every burden from you. That what you are carrying is not what God intended. That's in the cup. It's all there in that cup that Jesus embraced at the Garden of Gethsemane. So that his mercy will flow free to you. His forgiveness can flow free to you. And wherever you're sitting this morning, I want you to talk to God. And say, God, I've carried this. Bring, lift that up to God. Say, Lord, I hand it over. I release it. Talk to him. Some of you are carrying the burdens of a broken relationship. Bring that up before God. You're carrying hurts in your heart. Bring that before God. That was all in the cup. You're carrying fear. Bring that up to God. That was in the cup. And Jesus thought of you. And that's why we sang that song in worship. He was like a rose crushed and trampled. And he was thinking of you. For your healing, your forgiveness, your restoration. And say, Lord, I'm here, Lord. I hand over that to you. Talk to him. them from that spirit of anxiety, Lord. God, would you come, Lord? Let not the devourer devour them, Lord, but let your spirit come and bring freedom. May they understand your tremendous heart, love and kindness towards each one of us, Lord. Let you lead your life on the altar so that we can have life, Lord. And I pray that life on the inside of everyone. Life, Lord, that we will be like a cup overflowing, Lord. We will be people who are receiving that abundant life that you paid the price for. And I pray, Lord, restoration, restoration, that you will bring restoration for the years that have been lost in people's lives, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will bring restoration in areas of people's lives that are, where there is death, you will bring life, Lord. I speak that into areas of people's life this morning. I speak that into your life. Life in the place of death. Restoration in the place of hopelessness. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Spirit of God is ministering to people here this morning. This is the hope of that cup. That's the demonstration of the heart of God towards you this morning. You can receive that this morning and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Me this morning. Look at me for this morning. You know, for the last two weeks, God has put this in my heart. Prepare my people for 2018. And I said, God, how? Resolve everything that you have to resolve in 2017. And I'm, I feel prompted to say this again. God will call us on a three-day fast. 
And I want us to go on a fast before God, resolving broken relationships, resolving hurts that you've accumulated over the years, resolving disappointment. Come to grips with it before God and say, God, I'm not going to carry this in 2018. Sanctify yourself. You know, we get defiled because we're living in a defiled world. People say things. People do things. We expose the things that defile us. Sanctify yourself. Prepare yourself that we walk into 2018. The leadership is geared up. God wants you not to be left behind. That you take this time that we have before you get into eating mode and celebration. A little fasting will do you good. Can I see some smiles on your face? Don't try and make up after that. Well, give yourself, sanctify. Do it however you want. You want to have one meal a day, have one. Three days, just say, Lord, I'm sanctifying myself. You ever cleaned your home at the end of the year and found out there's so much of unnecessary things in your, in your home? How many of you discovered things like that? Put your hand up. Come on, come on, come on. Okay. Yeah, you can get rid of it with declutter sale. But now, I, I, that was not the motive of saying that. that. That was not the motive. You can. You know what? In the same way, you don't know how you accumulated those things. Just people gave it, something happened, you pushed it. And when you look at it, oh, I never thought I had it. In the same way, you've accumulated unnecessary things in your life. It's time to clean your house. Tell someone next to you, it's time to clean your house. And that house is not your physical house, it's your life. Get the unwanted thing out of your life. Get that unwanted relationship out of your life. Get that destructive thing out of your life. Come on, church, are you with me? Amen. Get that unwanted thing out of your life. And say, God, we're going to sanctify ourselves. You know what? I, people tell, I don't know what 2018 uh, has for me. Who said that? I know what 2018 has for me. Are you with me? Not because I'm special. If you have purpose, you will know what 2018 is for you. We're struggling for, for dates in the calendar for 2018. We're trying to find, find gaps. You know what? You can prepare yourself for it. Don't let 2018 take you by surprise. You take 2018 by surprise and see what God can do through your life. This morning is about burying the old and unnecessary things of 2017. And saying, God, I want to give you new confidence. It's all there in the cup. It's in the cup. His mercy is multiplied towards us. The burdens he has taken, don't carry it into another year. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. He wants to live us to live a free life. A life that's anointed and overflowing. Just take the wine, hold it, don't partake of it. I want us to close our eyes at this moment. And I want to take you back to the Garden of Gethsemane. You're right there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Just you and your Father, Heavenly Father, you're there. And you are taking into account 
every possible suffering that mankind has ever gone through and going through you saw the videos that was played sunday after sunday for the last two weeks you saying god you care for those people talk to him and every one of those crimes addictions abortions suicide depression all of that god carries the burden for those people and this morning this cup represents would you carry that burden with me and that's the answer that that's the question that god comes to to you with this morning you're in that place and you see that the hope of this nation our hope of a broken world is the gospel in your mouth and his power in your hands the cup that you are holding is not the cup of people's problems it's the cup of people's solutions to their problems you hold that cup in your hand what would you do today it's our cup today like nehemiah would we respond with that burden saying lord i weep for my people lord i weep for those people who are suffering the people who have no shelter no home no education no opportunities i'm willing to accept that burden lord of yours carrying it with you when jesus went through the moment of agony knowing that he is he is the answer to people's problems it overburdened him that god sent an angel to strengthen him and today as you see the needs around you probably overwhelm you god didn't send us an angel he sent us himself the holy spirit to strengthen us and you're looking at that cup this morning god has placed in your hands and you say god this is your answer to their needs that you can bring hope to people bring the love of god to people you can bring the good news to people they're just right there knocking on your doors looking in your face that cup is in your hands and you can talk to god and say god i embrace this cup lord which is your burden for the lost your burden for those who are suffering alone depressed no one i'm willing to carry your burden for them lord be your instrumental instrument i'm willing to be that nehemiah in my generation i'm willing to be the esther in my generation it took one woman just one moment of courage and a heart for people to change the history that's now recorded for us to read one man of courage 
one man to carry God's heart, to rewrite history again. He's looking for that man and he's looking for that woman who would understand his burden. That cup is no longer in his hands. He's given it in our hands. You're holding it right now. This is what God said to Isaiah in Isaiah 6, 8. He heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. What is your response? Would you say, Lord, my will? Or would you say, God, in the end, nevertheless, let it be your will, Lord, more than mine. for every broken person is Jesus. The answer for every person in addiction is Jesus. The answer to the needs around us in poverty is Jesus. You hold the answer in your hands. that happen through your eyes and see the burden that you carry for them and be willing to share in that burden this morning. And I pray, Lord, help us not to live life indifferent, unaffected. Help us not to live life in the Garden of Eden, but let us live life transformed from the Garden of Gethsemane you pray that this morning and say, God, teach me, give me the strength to lay my will at your altar and embrace it to yours. Give me the strength, Lord, to carry the burden and the concerns the things of the things that concern you this morning. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.20 we are the ambassadors for Christ and through God we're pleading through us 
we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And this is what the Apostle Paul said. The burden that God had was in his heart. That it was like God imploring people to be reconciled with God. And that's the heart of God for us this morning. The God who's on the inside of you is a God that cares. The God that's on the inside of you, His Spirit that's on the inside of you, is the answer for this nation, is the answer for every broken need that's around us. And all that God wants you to do is be aware that He is working in you. He is the one that's working through you. It's impossible to heal. It's impossible to deliver. It's He that's on the inside who brings healing. It's He that's on the inside that brings deliverance. It's He that in, on the inside of us that brings hope to people who are hopeless. Say, God, I want more of you this morning. I want more of you. Fill us with your compassion, Lord. Fill us with your, your mercy and kindness, Lord. Let it not be just one Nehemiah and one Esther. Let there be this church who will rise up like Nehemiah. A church will rise up like Esther. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit is upon us. Thank you that you have anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. You sent us to heal the brokenhearted.
when jesus says go into all the world for the first time i understood why he said go because i realized that unless he goes he won't go that where we go he can only come only where we who we touch he can touch isn't that true isn't that true come on i can't hear you isn't that true yes. And I looked at and I said, the God of the universe, the God Almighty subjects himself. In order to touch people, we have to go and give him our hands. You touch, that's when he can touch. When you pray, that's when he moves. When you go, that's when he goes. And that's what New Testament is all about. Church, that cup, is our portion. Thank you for listening to this message. To know more about us, please visit www.adonai-ministries.com.